Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit CarShield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at CarShield.com slash audio. That's CarShield.com slash audio. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's the Weedsman Podcast. I have no idea what's going on. And now, you have smoked yourself retarded. Here are the Weedsmen. You want to get hot? It's 284. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. Woo. Feeling good? Feeling great? Doing doing all right? (laughs) I'm feeling nice. I gave myself a haircut today. You gave yourself a haircut? Oh, yeah. I cut my own shit now. Oh, wow. I just, I've been doing that forever. Finding somebody that you trust to cut your hair is really hard. It's actually easier to learn to cut your own hair than to find somebody. <laughs> Got my hair cut. Have you heard the, the haircut song? I think this is going to be... Just sit there. He's going to put that thing on your face. He's got like a, a Floby style. You know, I was considering getting a Floby. <laughs> but I've gotten really good with the razor. That I can even trim just the because my hair is longer on top and I just kind of skim it. I make it all stick up and I just skim I mean, over it. I do it myself, but I shave mine. You actually right. have hair like to worry sure. about. Yeah, which I mean, it's a pretty straightforward haircut. It's short all around mm-hmm. and kind of long on top. The toughest, the, the toughest part, <laughs> the toughest part about managing this haircut is finding that line. Between like boy band and white supremacist, right? <laughs> fine line. Like you can't. It is a fine line these days. Look at their hairstyles, dude. Yeah, a little more. It depends on. I don't know if it's an amount of product that you put in the hair or how close you actually get the the sides. I think if you do that thing, I don't do the uh, the kind of layered thing where you do the sides really short, but then you actually take it down to the skin around the ear. Oh, I think that's the because. These days, you know, bald is an acceptable choice, right? It is. Shaving your head on a regular basis, nobody's like, how long do you have to live? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and they don't also assume that you are wearing suspenders under your jacket. Yeah, hey, when's the meeting? So now I think that's the, if you do the, the, the white walls or whatever, the, the short sides, but you actually shave around the ear, then you're in Richard Spencer territory there. So that's why he... How to know if your man is a white supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> Does he cut his own hair? No, I... Uh, oh, the haircut song, though. There's a haircut song? There's a Detroit artist, G-Mac Cash. How a word two white guys can't say feel after a haircut. Oh, yeah, that's the post, yeah. How and N-words feel after a haircut. Haircut. 
brush at? Where, at? where my chain, where my watch, where my buffs at? Woo-hoo. Bitch talking about I'm ugly. I'm like, what's, what's that? that? Got a cut. Now she trying to fuck. Nah, fuck that. I'm good. <laughs> See the power of the <laughs> cut. It's going to make her fuck. Had to hit my barber up to get tapered up. My line up better be sharper than a paper cut. Make sure they hit your beard with that razor cut. Yesterday, I, mean, I was looking so dish. It's better than so cold in the D, right? <laughs> yeah. If I ain't had this cut, I wouldn't have met you. Nah, baby, what's your number so I can text you? I'm about to take a lot of pics with this haircut. The ad libs though are what really gets me. So he cuts off there in the clip that he posted on Twitter, but if you didn't catch that at the end, the barber said he wanted a Ben. Or a Benjamin, if I am to white explain this video. White This music. That means he wants $100. Yeah. <laughs> and this ad lib is, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, I ain't paying for this haircut. <laughs> so a nice little twist at the end, lyrically. You know, he's telling the story. He's a wordsmith. So that, it's his job. That was GMAT Cash. I think it's fun. I mean, like I said, it's... Didn't he do, we're going on strike? Oh, did he? You, are you familiar with GMAT Cash? I think he might have done... I thought I was on to some new shit. I forgot that doesn't happen over 40. You don't hear about artists first when you're over 40. Yeah, same guy. Was this about... It was about when they had the, the UAW strike. Oh, so this was recent. Yeah. A song in solidarity with the strikers. Is he oh, an yeah. auto worker himself? I don't know, but it's got more of the ad-libs you love. <laughs> yeah. Give him health care. <laughs> Time off for parenting. Uh, this is not that song. Here it is. Yeah, G Mac Reasonable break times. Some shots of the popo. We going on strike. We going on strike. For real. We going on strike. For real. Till they get this shit right. Come on. We going on strike. Strike. We going on strike. Okay. We going on strike. Wow. He's come a long way in the last yeah. couple months, I guess. Going on strike, so you better listen. We ain't about to keep working under these conditions. Working in a hot plant with no air conditioning. And they got the nerve to tell us that this fair condition. Yeah, right. They don't work their ass off, they gon' get fired. Facts. Temps working like slaves and don't get hired. Come on. The supervisor don't care if they get tired. They, they just trying to make sure them sales get hired. Stay together, do this for each other. Do. do this one for all my sisters, do this for our brothers. Uh. Cause they trying to treat us wrong, but they say they love for us. Real? We need a change right now, we ain't going further. Yes. We going on all right. strike. Strike. We going on strike. Well, we going on strike. Till they get this shit right. <laughs> and they got it right about a month and a half ago. And they paid 10% less for their health care than I do. Fuck that. Well, the haircut song, though, that's where it's at. Yeah. There you go. G Mac Cash, everybody. Gets his haircut. He's looking as fly as a. Gets his haircut because he's got to look good when he goes on strike. He might be on TV. Yeah. TV cameras there. He's going to look as fly as a pigeon in Las Vegas. A pigeon on the strip. Uh, oh, I've seen. What, he's going to have his little hat on? Yeah, somebody is putting. Says they're describing them as cowboy hats, but it's kind of hard to tell. I thought these were more fedora. They. <laughs> New York Times did a story about this piece because nobody, this is a mystery as to who's 
putting the cowboy hats on the pigeons. Some drunk assholes. It's Vegas. And for that matter, we don't know that they are necessarily having somebody else put... I mean, how do we know that the pigeons didn't find these themselves? And they're like, hey, hey they got something going. I mean, I think your first tip, though, would be that they were probably fastened to the head in some way, right? Do you think, think that they would have to... Didn't people say they saw that they looked like they were glued? I would imagine they would have to be glued because they don't... They don't have, like, a cowboy hat usually you would have, uh, like, a drawstring of some sort, you know, so you can ride your, mm-hmm. your I almost said cow. <laughs> That's how it works. You know, cowboys, the guys that are always riding cows. <laughs> they <laughs> spell milk. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it doesn't have a little, like, you know, chin strap or anything to keep it on, so I imagine it had to be glued on. And birds, they, they pigeons and fedoras, and beards. And beards? Yeah. What? Little hipster pigeons. Yeah, I don't know. The New York Times says they're cowboy hats. And they quote uh, Charles Walcott, a Cornell University ornithologist, who says, they look like happy pigeons to me. It's hard because yeah, we're in hats on. They look dope. <laughs> it's hard to know, of course, because they will not talk to us. Gee, thanks for that, pal. Are you a real ornithologist? <laughs> All right, this song just tells you everything. You know why the pigeons look happy? This song's just going to tell you everything right here. They got legs? What? No. <laughs> Sharp-dressed oh. man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the pigeons look like happy birds. Yeah, they're strutting. Yeah. I, you know, that has to be it. Somebody had to have watched them strutting, and they were like, boy, those ha- if anyone needs a hat, it's fucking pigeons. Yeah, they're like, they got the strut to put a hat on this thing. There is video that was shared by uh, one man, identified as Mr. Lee. So. He films uh, pigeons milling around a parking lot near a dumpster. Ordinary behavior, but for one detail, two of them were wearing miniature cowboy hats. One in red and one gray. The birds have hats on, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Lee exclaimed, oh, and they have a link. Wait, maybe I got to hear this guy's bro. Mr. Lee, 26, threw some Doritos out the window. Of course. For the birds, but it scared them off. Like, how, how bad is your snack food that it scares off pigeons? Maybe they're, like, extreme cheddar that scared the birds or, off. Or maybe they were just Doritos because they're gross. Like extreme! The birds are like, gotta get out of here. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Fucking birds have hats on, bro! Little top hat! Oh, my God! What the fuck? <laughs> he says, like, he was it's probably at home. Two of them. He was getting high as fuck, probably, and he was. I'm so high. I'm seeing hats on right. these birds. <laughs> so, you know, you would. Th- this would be normally another one of these stories where, like, half the people are like, "Oh, this is great and funny," and the other half are like, "This is animal abuse." Right? I know. I Turns know. out, though, huh? nobody huh? gives a shit about pigeons. Yeah. No. Nice. <laughs> That's one thing we can all agree on. Even PETA's like, fuck these pigeons, assholes. Pigeons are nasty motherfuckers. And, sky rats. And look, I imagine having a, a, a cowboy hat glued to your head 
may impede your uh, your flight capabilities slightly. But who gives a fuck? Keep your head warm. How often you see pigeons? Like pigeons seem to want to do most of their activity on the ground anyway. Oh, yeah. First of all, and the more pigeons that are kept, the more pigeons that have their assholes below head level for me, the better. Right? Keep them on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> for all I care. So yeah, they're they're fucking flying rats. That is a thought, though. Like, do pigeons? They don't. They don't migrate, do they? The pigeons just hang out. Yep. Like I know you see pigeons downtown in Detroit. Yeah. In the wintertime, they're just sitting there, to, like huddled up in a corner somewhere on the on the fucking ground, just waiting. I don't ever see vi- pigeons flying around in Detroit. They walk, strutting. They, they strut. <laughs> Uh, it does say in this story in, in the Times, online people express worries about the pigeons' welfare. How were the heads staying on their heads? Was it glue or some other adhesive? They were quickly told to shut the fuck up or get the fuck out, <laughs> delete their account. <laughs> no, it doesn't say that in the story, of course, but I'm sure they were. <laughs> were they cowboy hats or top hats? Uh, they're clearly not top hats. Come on. They're strutting around to this song. Uh, so they asked uh, Charles Walcott, the ornithologist, about you know, if they looked okay and how would one go about getting a... <laughs> that is the big question, right? How did you pull this one off? Maybe the pigeons are owned by somebody. I bet They're somebody's you- pet. Well, first of all... Maybe they escaped from a magic show. This is Vegas. Yeah. I bet you, you are 100% right that they escaped from somebody's magic show. I mean, this is like, you know, if you found a monkey in a vest yeah, right. <laughs> running down the strip, you'd be like, hey, some, some magic shows lost their, their better half. Or it's just a well-dressed monkey. Yeah. He's got taste. Well, yeah. Monkey's like, look, I'm only going to get this trip to Vegas once. And a monkey, you don't get a second shot at Vegas as a monkey. <laughs> yeah. said, in a monkey. As a monkey, you don't get a second shot at Vegas. So I'm going to do it up. Look fly. Get my hair cut. <laughs> he says, so the ornithologist says, I think the thing I would em- emphasize is I can't see it as causing any great harm to the pigeons. <laughs> also, he does point out, though, that Pigeons don't have heads that are conducive to hats. But they have, they have flat heads. They have flat heads. They're described as fairly flattish but rounded. So a hat must be fitted on the surface of the bird's head. What if they're pets of a crazy person who just dresses up their birds? Uh, they are certainly not impeding the pigeon's vision of things that it is pecking at on the ground. I call this one Cecil and this one's Karen. They come visit me every morning. But noting that they might get in the way of seeing a hawk coming down from on top. But again, who gives a fuck? A hawk gets... Uh, what, first of all, what do you want? Free pigeon. What do you want? Hawks or pigeons, right? 
People hawks. see you see a Majestic. hawk. Yes, you see a hawk overhead. You're like, ooh, pointing at the sky. Mm. You're nudging the person next to you. Look how much. Oh, look! It looks like six feet. Look at that wingspan. You see a pigeon. Like if you had a BB gun in your hand, you'd probably be shooting at it. <laughs> Early rock and roll is great. Like they just yeah. did not know what they had. They were just like, we're just throwing everything at the yeah, wall and see what fucking shit. sticks. <laughs> Of course, pigeons, like most birds, uh, molt. So eventually, they will probably shed these hats and hand them down to future generations. Yeah. <laughs> the next generation of pigeon. <laughs> it, their kid's going to like find the, the hat buried in the nest after, the, after their parents are gone. Brian, can I see that paper for <laughs> Puts it on and shows up at a, yeah, you know, a side door of a local theater. Thought what would be big news? Magician answers the door and he's like, "Mr. Pigeon, <laughs> I am not Mr. Pigeon, but I am Mr. Pigeon's son. I've come here to fill fill his vacancy, to avenge his death, or that." Yes. <laughs> like how he tries to catch him at the last of it and like no <laughs> did he have the, when they were still funny did he where did the record player come from and he just whips it out of nowhere and slaps it on the table yeah <laughs> it's a seizure <laughs> oh my god Peter are you alright <laughs> Still he goes to put a gun in his mouth. <laughs> They're just like the Simpsons. The first ten seasons were funny. After yeah. that, I'm out. It's rare that the comedies go on for multiple decades, though. Right? How many comedies have survived? Multiple decades. What's well, because you can just swap out comedians in your writing staff, right? Like as the, you know, as the times change and the comedy changes, you just hire new, younger, sure comedians. And that's probably what happened with The Simpsons. Probably <laughs> we started getting old. <clears throat> the Weedsman Podcast. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. The Weedsman Podcast. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee? Like, uh... Is Algonquin 4? I'm sorry. Uh, good land? What is it? Oh, right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At Miller Park, which I guess is uh, some sort of venue. You know Miller Park? Have you ever heard of that one? I'm guessing it's beer-related since it's in Milwaukee. No, a concert venue. Mm, yes, and, but not really. They recently put on sale tickets for... Well, they had... The fastest sellout in history for a show that was Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. Gross. <laughs> Ew. Motley Crue, Poison, and Def Leppard all to... Like, just... That's a bit much, isn't it? not want my money? <laughs> like, Journey's in there, too, aren't they? Isn't Journey in there, too? No, that's... Uh, 
I don't believe so. Well, Journey doesn't really fit. Like, Journey's older. They're all from the same era of early 80s hair band rock. Oh, oh gross. <laughs> well, I thought Motley Crue had called it quits. Wasn't their last tour a couple of years ago, the Farewell Tour? Yeah, and they had this whole, they, they, they signed a contract that they would never tour again. But no, I know what they're doing. They is- signed a contract to not... <laughs> Because that's what they fucking do, because they're idiots. But they're capitalizing on this whole popularity from the dirt. That's why they're doing this. Well, it's kind of stupid to stop touring right before you know that a documentary is going to be made about... I guess they they probably didn't know it would go over that good. The book went over pretty well. And, I mean, I don't think that they could have... They couldn't have predicted at the time the major success of movies like Rocket Man and uh, and the the Freddie Mercury movie and all that. Like it kind of hit at a prime time, or you know, or or it was just never meant to be a f- farewell tour in the first place. It was just at the time. How are you going to get people out to see Motley Crue? Well, this will be your last time, right? That's it. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Now, as I've been very open with, uh, my first concert, first live concert that I ever attended was indeed Motley Crue on the Girls, Girls, Girls tour. Where uh, I wasn't necessarily exposed to any new swear words. I just had never seen... This is like, you know, pre-Tarantino movies. Mm -hmm. Like... I think maybe there might have been more F-bombs in Full Metal Jacket, but it's kind of a toss-up. <coughs> and here I am, like, I don't know, I was like 12, 13 years old, maybe, at the most. There with my aunt and my cousin. My cousin and I are giggling, and my aunt was cool. I'm sure she, she wasn't an uptight. I mean, it's all good fun, right? Some F-bombs, some chicks in leather. Chicks in leather leather bikinis and uh, leather cop hats. Made you man. Yeah, well, this is this is the shit. This is the music of my uh, formative years, as they say. You know. Now, if there was anything true to the idea that, like, those, like, really at the beginning of your teenage years, people say like, the music that you hear from like there to like 16, 17, it's like, mm-hmm. that's going to be it for you. But that was such a wide swath for me in those years. I went from, you know, listening to this shit at 13. By the time I yeah. hit 16, I'm into Morrissey. And I've gone a lot of different places in between as well. But yeah, if I was stuck, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, mm, look, fastest sellout in a I mean I know it's in Wisconsin but there's a lot of fucking people in Wisconsin and not a whole lot of entertainment and if that wasn't enough for you then you get fucking this well Def Leppard I think Def Leppard I'll give some more credit to having yes they were part of the scene but they were also kind of on the forefront of that scene right and i think their songs stand up better in aspects of production and songwriting not that they're great songs yeah 
you know, pour some sugar on me. It's ridiculous. But it's, you know, it's a fun song still. I think it holds up a lot better than what Motley Crue is doing. Some of Poison, there's a couple songs that I'm like, that's not a bad song. But mostly, I like the little bit of throwback aspect to Poison. That's what I like the most. I know, and it's totally hokey, but to me, Poison doing like, uh, talk dirty to me, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, Elton John doing the song like Crocodile Rock, you know, thinking about, you know, it's kind of a little bit of tribute to how rock was when they were kids. I mean, yeah, that fucking Ibanez or whatever that's going through a fucking tube screamer into a solid state amp and you're just like, oh my God, like, sure, that tone sucks. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) But it's not a bad song. But yeah, I think if this were a review show... Where like everybody got up and did a few songs, I would be. That might sound like something is in it. Sitting through full sets of you know fifty, sixty year old dudes strutting in leopard print and bandanas. Don't you want to see the seventy four year old woman? Is not going to do it for me. I mean, this is fucking four four people who none of these people are like quote-unquote, opening act. These could all do tours on their own, probably, and be just fine. So everyone's going to need a full set. So this has got to be, like, what, a six-hour event? I mean, who wants to be at a concert for that long? What, no one's coming to see the 72-year-old chick? How old is she? Well, Joan Jett has like at least the she's got the most rock cred of anybody 61 on this stage and even then like she's got some fucking pieces of shit songs like this one <laughs> this one's not as bad it's a football song this one's this one's a decent rock song no the piece of shit song this is one of the few things around with this, Adam Carolla oh this is just right this song is a piece of If you shit. love rock and this, roll... This song was written in right. 10 minutes. If you love rock and roll so much, why did you write this song? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you, like, do you really hate rock and roll? Okay. This song was written in 10 minutes. It's this like, song is such I a want to write a song shit. about how much I love classical music. And it goes like this. It just sounds nothing like it. Uh, I don't love that song, Joan Jett. You ruined rock and roll. Not really. I'm betting somebody else wrote it for us. Uh, somebody heard... Well, it would have been like... Uh, what was the Queen song? We Will Rock You, right? Yeah. That was the song that kind of set the tone for stadium rock. For this idea of having, you know... the the experience of large crowds of people enjoying the music influenced the music in that kind of cyclical way. So, yeah, 
I, I see what they're going for. It's just, you know, first of all, speed it up. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry Bomb. Like, why don't they play this more? Yeah, this is a, a song I can get behind. This is actually a song that I, this is that I named my car after this song. <laughs> my little red Fiesta that I called Jerry Bomb. We gotta hear I Love Rock and Roll nine million fucking times. Yeah, it sounds like the great. Sounds like a great concert to miss. We said, I mean, "Well, there's a Wisconsin joke in there." They're like, "Oh my God, it's 1988 again!" It sells out oh, in ten minutes. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, you're like, I get to relive my formative years. Dude, Garth Brooks sold out a concert here in February in 90 minutes. In Detroit? Yeah, he's playing Ford Field. He sold it out in 90 minutes. Garth Brooks. I think he doesn't. I, the apex of his career was thirty fucking years ago. But he also doesn't tour much, right? Or does he? I don't know. Maybe yeah. he does. Speaking of music, that's the other thing I wanted to share. Sad news today: Gershon Kingsley has passed away at the age of ninety-seven. Who? Gershon Kingsley. He is the author of the nineteen sixty-nine hit song "Popcorn," which was oh. the first song to chart. That actually has, uh, that's all electronic. Synthesizers? Yes. Now, Popcorn is a song that I think a lot of people know, they just don't know where it comes from. If you are, if you're a Detroit area resident, and probably used in a lot of other markets too, I'd imagine. But this would be known as the lotto music. Yes, in the 80s, this was... The, the music bed under the under which they picked the lotto numbers, the daily three and four. But it has also been covered by Aphex Twin and Muse, and uh, there was well, there was hot buttered popcorn, right? Or maybe see, I thought they, I guess hot butter is the name of the band. I didn't know that. So Hot Butter was the name of a band, and they did a version of Popcorn that was more... It actually is a band doing it. Where on, in this arrangement, you can hear, this is all this is all sequenced. Yeah. I mean, it's not MIDI. I don't know what they were using to sequence it, but these are all patterns from a synthesizer. Actually, I think that there might be some extra percussion in there. I think that's a real drummer playing. Yeah. Everything else is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he, especially when you start hitting that bell, I'm like, no, it's not a synth. Yep, right there. Sweet drummer. Yeah, actually, there's uh, there's a version. Let me send you the this article. There's a version from Top of the Pops that I guess is like a live version. They have a live drummer too, and a guitar player doing this part, and a lot of hot looking go go girls that are dancing awkwardly to the. I don't think anyone knew how to dance to this song, but even then. Like late sixties, early seventies, nobody really knew how to dance, right? They waved their arms around in ways that didn't seem to coincide with the music at all. 
Have you noticed that, or is it just me? Yeah, they're just trying to figure out. They're just, yeah, they're just swinging their, they were swinging their hips and waving their arms, but it, it wasn't like it was to a beat. It was like it's like everyone was hearing their own music. It's number one. It's top of the pops. There it is. Top of the pops being a British. Uh, it was like British American bandstand. kind of dig the guitar work on this it's a little uh, slap back echo but yeah all the people yeah. are awkwardly like okay yeah, how do we dance to this what is it because it it doesn't have like a, a disco-y dancey beat i mean it kind of does but it's so subdued that and it's really kind of done more in a shuffle this is just odd to watch <laughs> yeah. these people do not know how to dance to this where's the brothers Brother, show my yeah. dance. <laughs> but I, I really dig this version, and I dig the blonde chick there that's just bopping around. Did a whole She's, bunch of speed. Yeah, <laughs> she seems to actually have the uh, the best rhythm out of any of the people there. But this is bizarre. I mean, imagine hearing this at 1969. If I was on acid right now, I'd have to shut my laptop and run away. Right. It's not even like a... There's there's so much of modern techno in here, the like arpeggiated stuff, the echoes used to uh, accentuate the arpeggiations, the repeated patterns. There's no real chorus to this song. It's like they just, look like they're dancing to a song that isn't this. It's all about building up and then breaking it back down. So this song is like totally like the first techno song, not just the first synth-based song. It set all those elements out that, you know, even the craft work and Detroit techno artists would go on to, to use that as a springboard. That dude in the vest is really working it. Do we have a uh, strain? We do. All right. It's astounding. Time is. We're smoking time warp. Madness. Oh, nice. Uh, time warp. Marijuana strain is a 70-30 sativa-dominant marijuana hybrid. Oh. strain originates from Vancouver Island, Canada. Sounds like my type of shit. It delights the senses with an invigorating aroma of lemons and pine undertone. Um, it's good for daytime use, according to CannaSOS.com. Because it's uh, 70% sativa. It's get some shit done weed. See, this one says it'll make you tingly as negative effects. I would be that under oh, the really? positive effects. That's interesting. And a high percentage chance of reports of tingliness. Tingly. Wait, is that broken down by male and female? The positive and negative effects are reported separately for oh. males and females. That's interesting. I've never seen that uh, 
I don't think we've ever talked about males and females experience THC differently. But according to the reports on this site, it looks like a pretty big difference. Unless they had like five dudes and one female report on this. It's all to report based off some guy's apartment. Yeah, it was a survey after they passed the blunt around. What happened to this? Like, when we were teenagers, this shit was huge. What? Did the millennials want nothing to do with this? No, nothing's happened to it. Like, there's... It's still a thing. There's still, like, hundreds of local... uh, Theaters that uh, that run produ- um, run viewings of it. There's live productions of it. There's is Frankenfurter a hero now in woke culture? I don't. Well, yeah. I mean, he was definitely well. He was portrayed as the quote unquote villain of the original. Like he wasn't. He was still supposed to be the protagonist. I think. Yeah. Because you were supposed to be laughing at the squares, right? That was part. That was the whole idea of this of that movie was we're freaks and we freak out squares right man (laughs) yeah draw the square let's smoke the time warp again yes let's the weedsman podcast christophermedia.net christophermedia.net the weedsman podcast actually leafly announced its strain of the year what is it wedding cake We've had wedding cake before, oh, we haven't have. we? Oh, yeah. We had it last year because I remember we smoked it like the show after I got married. So we're actually... Oh, are, are we cannabis tastemakers? Can, can we bestow that on ourselves or do people have to do that for us? Traditionally, I would have said that somebody else would have to deem you a tastemaker, but this is 2019. It's true. Everyone's a tastemaker. Why was it the strain of the year? I don't know. I just think overall. They're just like, oh, no, this is good. We picked this one. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this was uh, based on sales reported or if there was a uh, user survey or if this is an editorial decision. The staff all just decided we all got really baked off a of wedding cake. So Best is subjective, they say in their article about it, but it must, be, must always be a champion. That applies to most things in life, and cannabis is no different. Year after year, strain after strain, we smoke our way through some of the best weedy weed on the planet. Here at the end of 2019, a queen has risen to the top. Last year, it was gelato, saying that it was confirmed by data, impact, and overall experience. So it sounds like an editorial decision that was based off of some research as to what were the popular strains. Big news for cannabis this week uh, in sports. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. The uh, oh, did you have something? Else? What were you? What were you queuing up there? Cut the cake. Like oh, oh band. yeah, yeah, for the wedding cake. But we've moved on. Yeah, so too slow in the draw. It's late in the uh, show. <laughs> yeah, MLB, Major League Baseball has decided. Hey man, or rather the the uh, MLB and the players' union announced together they are no longer going to test for marijuana. They're not considering it a banned substance. And we'll begin 
to treat its consumption by players in the same way that alcohol use is handled. In a press release from the MLB, it said, Going forward, marijuana-related conduct will be treated the same as alcohol-related conduct under the party's joint treatment program for alcohol-related and off-field violent conduct, which provides for mandatory evaluation, voluntary treatment, and the possibility of discipline by a player's club or commissioner's office in response to certain conduct involving natural cannabinoids. So in the same way that their behavior off-field isn't necessarily going to be punished, if they abuse alcohol or uh, have some, uh, I guess they, you know, they say off-field violent conduct, I imagine it, you know, it's like anything. They're just they're trusting them to be adults. If the cannabis is getting in a way of their job, then their job's still they're, they're not protected because they're using cannabis. They're just not automatically excluded. So it's what most employers are going to have to face. Well, too, and mostly they're in, in a lot you know, of this too. What's connected to it is they're testing for opioids. If you had a guy die last year, oh yeah, from the he was getting opioids from someone within his organization. So they're kind of covering their ass with like, hey, if this guy could have had some weed, probably wouldn't have been on the opioids. No longer going to be punished by there's a thirty five thousand dollar fine. Baseball players getting high today. All the California teams, Seattle Mariners. Boston Red Sox. Although it is adding substances like synthetic can- cannabinoids, cocaine, <clears throat> cocaine, which I'm surprised they didn't test for before. But Daryl Strawberry was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, they're not. They're still. They're only now testing for cocaine uh, and opioids, including fentanyl. I don't think people understand. Nobody does fentanyl on purpose. Like fentanyl is usually something that is helped to cut something like nobody, nobody nobody's purposely like let me get that fentanyl dog right, right. well not even i mean it's it's was developed as a as an actual medicine i mean i don't know if it's still in use i imagine it is no but like when that's the stuff but that on kills the street people. right yeah. you're saying nobody buys fentanyl on the street knowingly correct i don't know if that's exactly true like yes it's used to cut i agree with that but i think there's also a lot of this was a confluence of events. Fentanyl came in at a time where heroin, a traditionally super cheap drug, uh, started skyrocketing in price. And probably due to the a lot of this in post-9-11 world where we're tightening down our borders in general, it probably had a lot to do with any type of uh, drug that was imported going up in price. So either don't have any, or you say, you know, somebody shows up to their drug dealer and like, hey, let me get a whatever quantity of heroin I usually buy, and they're like, oh, sure, that's going to be $120. What? It used to be 40 Well, that's the economy for you, right? Demand remains the same, but the supply goes down, price is going to go up. But I have this fentanyl. This will fuck you up. Yeah. This is 20 And they go, all right, give me the fentanyl. All right, but go easy on this shit. And yeah, then, whatever. I'm an adult. Right. I'm a and pro. Then they're dead. I've, been, I've been around the block. Yeah. Oh, right. Like some pharmaceutical is going to fuck me up worse than heroin. Well, apparently it does. So I think, yeah, it is used to cut, but I think more of the abuse comes from, you know, 
you're going to go with the cheaper option, aren't you? Like, yeah. your money's running out. You've got a heroin habit. You're spending however many tens or possibly hundreds of dollars a day to feed that. And somebody goes, hey, this shit actually is half as much and it'll fuck you up twice as much. Sold. Right? What if somebody mm-hmm. told you that you could put gas in your car that costs half as much as you pay per gallon and you'll get twice as much MPG, MPG off of I'm it? I'm in, man. Right. So, yeah, anyway, why are we talking about here? We're talking about cannabis, right? Yeah. I don't know. I can't get this, this cannabis uh, to stay lit for some reason. So, yeah, the MLB said that they're not testing for it anymore. The NFL, uh, one of the their top team owners and a star player said this week, uh, Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys and quarterback Tom Brady both touched on the possibility of NFL marijuana rules being revisited. Jones saying, We always need to be careful when looking at our, our behavior. I think that you should expect and that you should expect and will expect an adjustment. Well when it's legal again, it's legal in twenty percent of the country now. What are you gonna do? The world is sensitive to the issue regarding marijuana, but it's also an issue contemporarily that we are, are excited about being in step with the social and legal scene as it goes forward. Blah, blah, blah. Rich white guy answer. But it's a big deal that that guy's saying it. You know why? Because the team he manages is from Texas. Yeah. So that's a big deal that that guy's talking like that. Yeah, him and, well, Tom Brady being well, the well, most... N- known name in football yeah. at the moment, right? Yeah, but Massachusetts, that domino has fallen. He is from, he's, he plays in Boston. Right, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can partake and not risk being fined or having problems with his career. It's true, he's a 42-year-old quarterback. I bet he does CBD. Not only America's pastime, but America's actual pastime, right? I know baseball is still quote-unquote America's pastime, but let's face it, America's actual pastime is football. We, we say that on sports all the time. Yeah. Like it's, it's, the numbers say it's football. Right. Like, so you can go ahead and keep your quote-unquote title. You know, we'll put yeah. it, let's make a plaque, make it official, put it up. Yeah, but the receipts say football. <laughs> yes. So both the metaphorical and actual numbers-based America's pastime are both making this move before the government. I mean... Come on, the time is due, right? I mean, there are more. There are even more examples of why it's important to for the, the federal government to speak out on this and to you know, finally remove this drug from Schedule One. And a lot of it is the the crime aspect. There were five dispensaries in Denver over the course of like a couple weeks that they suspect that it was one group of guys that are all specifically targeting dispensaries. And we know exactly why they're targeting dispensaries. And it's for one specific reason. Well, let's say... People robbing them? Yeah, two two specific reasons. One, they're heavy in a product that can easily be moved to the street without tracing it. And they got cash. And they have cash, right. That's the first thing. They have cash on hand. They have... Tons of fucking cash on hand the, because they can't bank like normal. The people. product, I'm sure they're going to smoke and probably sell a lot of the product that they take from that place. But the main hit is the is the cash. You take yeah. the cash aspect out of that business, 
And you may as well just grow your own at home if you're just concerned about getting weed. Yeah. If your concern is getting weed, even selling it yeah, on the black market. You can grow your own, motherfucker. Right. You can grow your own, and you could sell it probably without being caught and make a decent amount of money in the black market, even in a place where a legal market like Denver's is, is thriving. If it's legal, you can sell it to other <clears> people. It's like, it's like selling other people your fucking right, right, right. Yes, but... He, in order to make it to legally make a living off of it, you would have to just go ahead and get licensed and start, you know, have a legitimate business. That's not these guys. All I'm saying is, if you're if you're looking at this as like they're going after this place because they're selling marijuana, so therefore marijuana attracts bad elements and crime, right? No, but it's not the marijuana cash it's, business. It's only the cash, right? It's not the the liquor store doesn't get hit up because it's full of liquor. It gets hit up because people pay for their liquor in cash. Like right now, I don't understand how the mo- And now the liquor stores don't oh, get hit up all the time wait. because everyone's using their card. If the mob is smart right now, they're just they're in a dispensary game, right? If you're a money launderer, Walter White, this is this is the perfect thing for you need all cash business, right? For now, if you're trying to clean up some dirty money, this is what you do. I oh right as a front business, not yeah. as your money maker. I see what you're getting at. I was going to say as a money maker. Remember, no. you need all you need all cash business to clean up your money. Right. So right now you get in a dispensary game. Yeah. FBI, you're fucking welcome. By the way. Well, no, wait, no, change that. <laughs> Never mind. Prank caller, prank caller. Well, again, another reason why they need to do something about it federally. You're not going to have these types of break-ins. You're not going to have criminal elements trying to take in or come in and take over businesses. Cannabis on it by itself, I'm sure there's always going to be idiots that are like, dude, that place is full of weed. Let's just break in and seal it for, for the weed. You know, just like there's idiots that break into, break into veterinary hospitals to steal ketamine. Or like these two, there are two, dog. there are two idiots in, uh, there are two guys that stole a bunch of hemp plants from a local farm. And though there's a big science that says, warning, no trespassing, industrial hemp, not marijuana, no THC, will not, not get you high. Like straight up, it's like, <laughs> listen, stoners, stay away. So I have a feeling that these are not the droids you are looking for. In red letters on the sign. Not marijuana, will not get you high. Iris Rogers joins me now. She's the founder and CEO of Homestead Hemp. She grows hemp on her family farm Whoa. in Homestead, Iris. State, New York. Oh. Rogers, Iris, tell me about Asher, your dog in that photograph. Because the tell me about whatever you want, Iris. Says a lot about the problem. She's a cutie. Yes, it does. Yeah, Asher's a blue healer. He's a great dog. Um, a blue healer? Alarm system, really. We were robbed last year in about... I've never heard it. $100 worth of plants were, were stolen. These two men came in the middle of the night and just chopped down plants in the pouring rain on our property. And uh, it's really scary. We can't put up a fence around the entire right. property. So Doesn't it give you a little bit of like delight, though, knowing? I mean, I know it sucks that they stole your plants, but they got home and were like so bummed. Meaning something with a higher concentration. Yeah, this is how they make their money. Yes. Sure. Up. No, but these idiots just 
like went home and probably put these plants in the ground. You got all these bee bugs and yeah. waited for them to grow something. Yeah, <laughs> never did. And finally, some one of their friends had to come over and be like, "Do these plants are males? You guys are idiots." That's it. They didn't really recognize it as that, and they still stole the plants. So. Iris, to your trained eye, if well, I were to show you... They were trespassing. They were knowingly trespassing, so they're probably not big on reading signs. <laughs> yeah. They're thieves. First of all, reading, probably not their favorite pastime. Second of all, you know, if there's a sign that's warning you not to come on their property, I'm sure they're just going to ignore that. Come on, I'm a stoner. The one on the right is the one we smoke because it's got the buds. Oh, yeah. has a trace amount of THC... Um, they still smell the same. Yeah. Oh, that was very subliminal. Did you see for some reason it just flashed a baby Yoda for a frame and then went into this commercial? That's the next video. It's got queued up. That's why. Baby Yoda out of here. Oh, you're right. Isn't it called the child or something? Huh? I read that the character is actually called the child. It's not called baby Yoda. Well, they haven't named it anything officially in the show but the mandalorian is how they refer to the main character so mm-hmm. they're going with the child i guess officially so solventless processing of concentrates is going to is the new hot thing and yeah. this isn't this isn't going to be a flash in the pan this is go- the future of cannabis honestly mm-hmm. for two reasons if you're not familiar with this uh, a lot of the concentrates, especially the ones that go into cartridges, we've talked about this before. Cartridges, you get alcohols and thinners and all kinds of the stuff BHO. that are used not only in the processing of the cannabis, but also then to thin it down to get it into a, a vapable product. Yeah. Other stuff like glass and shatter and stuff like that, you're not going to have those solvents, but you'll, or you're not going to have the thinners but you will still have the solvents involved. Mm-hmm. And they have a definite chemical taste to it. So part of what they're doing with these extracts now is they're realizing, well, you know, we can't get all of the alcohol out of it, but it's a negligible amount, right? I'm not saying it's necessarily harming anyone, but it's definitely affecting the taste of the product. We're getting it down to just the pure THC, but also stripping out a lot of the experiential tastes that come with uh smoking a cannabis product. So that's where the terpenes come into play. So what they're doing is they're extracting, and there's actually different levels of extraction where depending on what process and what temperature and all this stuff, I mean, I've seen these things in real life, like big chemistry sets, like breaking, true breaking bad shit, where it's like everything that drips off of this is THC and the CBD goes over here and the terpenes are over here. I'm just trying to get high. Can I get a bag? So, so what they do is, you know, they'll give you, they'll concentrate that down to just pure THC. Then they'll take the extracted te- uh, terpenes and add that back in, so that you then have something that you can crack open and go, oh yeah, that smells like cannabis. And when you smoke it, it smells m- more like cannabis and less like isopropyl alcohol. But here's the problem with that. And also, I'm very high right yeah. now. So follow me. So they're, they're extracting, so you have the THC extract, you have the terpene extract, and you mix that back together to get the full experience as close as possible to the original plant. But when you solo out, when you isolate those terpenes and then combust them, 
it actually creates poisons. Like the band? Right. The tour? Right. Not like uh, every rose has its thorn poison, but like arsenic poisons, that type of shit. They are, uh, let's see. So there's a study done on, uh, in Portland, State University in Oregon. They sampled uh, e-liquids and dabs, and they found chemicals after they were heated up. The terpenes would turn into benzenes and... Uh, what free benzos? Methacrolene. Also, xylenes, tulenes, styrenes, ethylbenzene. I don't know. I mean, none of these sound good. If you read this, if you bought a vape product and it had this shit listed on it, you'd probably be like, no, I'll pass. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what those things are. And they're, they're thinking that this is having an effect on some on people. You know, these are things that if you just vape that and concentrate, it would probably kill you. It's uh, no fun. I don't know that there's evidence of people State. dying from from this, but that's why I'm saying the the natural extracts, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think the the most popular one uh, currently is now uh, the press. They figured out a way to just press the the plant material in a way that rosin tech. Yeah, Big Rob ta- taught us about that. Right. Essentially, it's like big old curling iron that squeezes out. Right, so you don't actually have to add any kind of alcohol or anything to strip the THC off. There's other like ice and dry ice methods where you're basically just freezing Mm -hmm. it off and then you put it through a bunch of filters. But in general, that's going to be the way going forward because you're not actually you're actually taking the terpenes with it. The oils from the plant come with the the. It's all part of the rosin, and so it's more like uh, it's more like hash. Only it's well. First of all, you don't have somebody's like hand dirt all mashed up in it, <laughs> and uh, you know hand dirt, and or whatever method they use to extract it, and it's just a you know pure way to do it without having any added chemicals, but. Until, and I, I, they probably will figure this out soon, until they figure out an easy and cheap method of distribution in a pre, like, ready-to-vape form like you can get with a lot of the concentrates now, I don't think it's really going to take off. If you have to get a little dish and scrape it out with a tiny spoon and it looks like something you scraped out of your ear and you have to then mash it into some other device, like, sure, people will do that here and there, but most people are just going to want a product they can buy off the shelves, know it's going to be you know, not poisonous, mm-hmm. and they can screw onto their vice and go. Good reusable vape tank. Well, a tank, uh, well, right, but I don't, like a tank that you would use for nicotine products, you couldn't use for any of these types of oh, extracts yeah, yeah, without yeah. adding a solvent to it, which kind of mm-hmm. defeats the process. No, you just you get a reusable. The purpose of the process, I should yeah. say. But no, there there are solutions out there. I mean, I you can get a reusable vape tank for THC pro. Like when we had the vape recall here in Michigan, well, it's still going on. They're no, slowly. I, I know you can, but I'm talking about certain types of extracts. 
Mm-hmm. So for these rosins, you can't. There's no tank that you can buy that can. You can just plop some rosin into and vape. You'd have to add a solvent. No, you can, anyway. but they're they're the, like they're they're not like these. They're the they're the whatever I forget. What's the thread called? Oh, that, I don't know. That you were saying earlier. It's, it's like a 410 or a 510 or something like that, some number. Yeah, but there's you can get those where you can inject the, the <laughs> thicker shit in there, and it's, you know, the tank's the right ohm and all that crap for that shit to burn. Yeah. But yeah, but you can't order one from Smock, is your point. Or Geek Vape. Well. It's, it's more like stuff you got to get from your local smoke shop. Right. Your, your local head shop. Well, it's like the dabbing crowd, right? People who mm. do dabs on the reg are a minority, a small minority of pot smokers. Right? The person who actually has a rig that, you know, some sort of huge bong that they're going to bust out. Like your average person is just not going to do that. You're going to keep a bong in your man cave out in the she shed. Yeah. We save this for when grandma comes over. She was at Woodstock. Well, what? I have a ghost a in, remix? My, in my machine. That's kind of nice. I don't know where this is coming from. I just checked my browser. It's all subli- subliminal. I don't know. Subliminal news. Oh, wait, I found it. A cadence that's a news network. Yeah, no, it was CNN for sure. That's how much NASA's uh, trip to the moon will cost? Where, 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 where have you been there? Didn't I, they close NASA? I know, right? Didn't, didn't Obama shut it down? It's all about Space Force now. <laughs> Can't wait. You're laughing now, but one day Gamera is going to show up and you're going to be like, where's the spaceships with lasers? They're going to fucking shoot this thing out of the sky. <laughs> what if we make them? What if we actually make a Millennium Falcon? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, everyone's like, well, history will remember this presidency, right? Like, okay, you Republicans may keep winning at time after time over and over again right now, but history is going to look poorly upon you. What if Trump's history is starting Space Force, they actually do it, and then we get invaded, and that's the only thing that saves us? <laughs> like, Trump will go down as, well, look, hey, Trump had his problems, but look, we'd all be alien slaves if it wasn't for Trump. So, right. So, <laughs> I mean, set aside the fact that this was something that Obama even talked about and was laughed at at the time by Republicans. It's like, whoa, what, what are these, uh, where are you going to get the money for that one? Yeah. Tax and spend. Oh, God. Anyway, I think we were trying to wrap up this show, not start another one You're about right. politics, right? Uh, we are on social media at the Weasel 420 on Twitter, at the Weasel Podcast on Instagram. Checked in on it the other day. People are still digging it. So cool. They're digging the what now? Instagram. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, ChristopherMedia.net, Spreaker, 
were the heroes of the day while we were upgrading our server a little bit ago. Check us out. Tuesdays, Fridays. Stay high. Stay high. The Weedsman Podcast. ChristopherMedia.net. ChristopherMedia.net. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for listening, and thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.